Thank you, Sarah. Shall we pray? Uh, Lord Jesus, um, as we uh, come to your word, Lord, uh, we are acutely aware this morning of the suffering uh, that exists in our world. As we think about uh, what the Greens might be going through now, uh, what many joining online will be wrestling with at home, and what lots of us here have had to deal with. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would prepare us through your word and your vision for us, uh, Lord, to not just survive, uh, but to thrive. Uh, Lord, help us this morning, I say, uh, Lord, please, uh, to see you and to see the future that you have planned for us. Uh, and Lord, whatever I've prepared that is of no use, Lord, I pray that that would be forgotten. And I pray, Lord, that whatever is of you and is grace-filled and, uh, Lord, exciting in terms of our future, Lord, we would cling to your word in that, and you would help us not just to survive, but to thrive. Amen. Uh, well, yes, very good morning. Uh, if you're joining us just online or uh, if you've just come in, uh, my name's Edward Miller, I'm the team vicar here. Normally at Emmanuel, what we like to do is we take, uh, we like God to set the agenda, so we take a book of the Bible and we walk our way through it and allow God to blow us away with amazing things that we discover. Uh, there's a period of the year in our teaching where we like to spend some time doing some thematic talks. And that is just this beginning of the new year. We've just done one uh, on uh, emotions, on uh, giving, uh, giving Sunday last Sunday. This one was sort of vision Sunday. And then we've got some coming up on the topic of suffering over the next uh, four weeks, uh, as well as an all-age service. Uh, the idea of vision Sunday um, is just to help us perhaps refocus where we're at uh, and where we're kind of going. You guys seem very dark over there. Do you want to stick the light on? I can't really see your face. Just behind you on the shoulder there, Neville. There you go. There, we're people of the light, right? People of the light. That's great. Well, thanks, Neville. Thank you. And I've been here for about a year and a half or a year and a bit, so no time at all. But I, it's been a privilege to, to meet you as a church family and individually and to pray over kind of where we might be going. Uh, and I've realized as I've prepared this that pretty much every vision thing I've ever done, ever seen, I think is not great. I just want to start with that. Because often what happens is, is people present a vision and all it is is giving you a ruler which says you've just got to try harder. Does that sound familiar to anyone? That is not what we are about here. We have a culture of grace and the gospel, which means we want to be won by Jesus to thinking, yes. That's, that's where I want to go with him. And so my prayer is, is that we would have this this morning. Also, the other danger with presenting a vision thing is, is you, you denigrate everything that's gone before. And I do not want to do that. It has been a joy getting to know you as a church family, and there's much to give thanks to God for. And I, I've been putting some of those in the Thursday weekly emails as I've seen these amazing things going on that God is doing amongst us and through us. That is brilliant. But... There is much uncertainty, isn't there, that we are having to cope with, whether it's the Church of England or just the future. There is much suffering in our church family. That's normal. That's why we've got a series coming up for it. And so you might think, well, you know, a vision, I can't even just, just I'm just struggling to get through the day. 
I'm struggling just to keep this ministry that I'm involved in going. There's also much change in our culture, isn't there? It's increasingly hostile. And we read that church attendance is sort of, it's declined over the last 10 years unbelievably. Especially if you strip out our brothers and sisters from Nigeria and South Africa and other countries that have come here to prop up the numbers. And so on Vision Sunday, how do you feel about that uncertainty, that suffering, that so what I, I don't want this to be is, is just to do better. Well, that's anti-gospel, and, and, and you're just presenting, well, I can't do it, or we frantically do it until we burn out. Or you might be thinking, I'm barely getting to read my Bible or manage to look after my parents. What I want to do instead is to let God set a vision for us so that it's not try harder, but to be who you already are in Christ, Emmanuel. Not so that you would prove yourself And not so that you would make the new minister look good, but so that you would attain, and I with you, to the full measure of Christ. The the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What I'm hoping this is, is that we might see authentic Christianity and authentic church is realizing and experiencing the fullness of Christ. That's my prayer for this morning. And that that gives us a target to aim at. And then over the next year, we think about how we might go about doing that. We review what goes on and we do that together as to how we might go there. Does that make sense? So the theme, I think, from this passage is pretty simple. We are Christ's body. That's individually. You're part of Christ's body. That's Emmanuel. We are part of Christ's body. That's believers across the parish They are part of the body too with us and across the world. And I think the aim of this passage that we've got here is simply that we would grow the body of Christ. Or rather that God would grow us and we would enjoy growing as the body of Christ. Why do you want to listen to this? It's because it's the word of God, I hope. Uh, And also that this, this, this particular passage helps us to not just survive but to thrive. It helps us to lay hold of the fullness of Christ, even amid global, national, denominational, and personal turmoil. It helps us to buck the trend and to grow and to flourish, to thrive and not just to survive. I want God to set the vision for us and let that sink in over the year. And so we've got a big picture that's going to go on the board, and hopefully we're going to come back to it all the time and think through with this as a tool, like a pair of glasses that we put on and we look at ourselves and all the stuff we do at Emmanuel and go, yeah, how is that, how is that helping us do what God's got planned for us here, to be the body of Christ who enjoy growing and taking hold of the full measure of Christ? That's what I hope we're going to do. Does that make sense? Shall we have a look at this passage The first thing is, is we see we are Christ's body. That's repeated several times in this passage, in 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 chapter 4, in verse 4, in verse 12, and verse 15. Do you see that in verse 4? There is one body, and then in verse 12, we're equipping the people of God here for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And then down in verse uh, 15 as well, 
Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So with this body joined together in verse 16 by the supporting ligaments and all the bits with Christ as the head, and that body is growing. And so in chapter 4, verse 1, Paul is exhorting the Ephesians, who he knows he's never going to see again because he's in arrest in, in, in Rome for being a Christian. He's going, to be, uh, he's going to be executed. And these are his last words, pretty much, to the Ephesians. And he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What is the life that we have been called to, that Paul urges us to live? Just note, it's not who we will be. It's not who we ought to be, but it's who we already are in Christ. We're his body. And the theme of Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 is this amazing grace about who we already are in Christ. And we've got to get that straight before we come to the application of chapter 4. Otherwise, it just becomes what we've got to do rather than seeing how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is. You know, you've got to get straight who you are first. I used to get in the car, and I rev the engine, and my mum gets in next to me, and she says, Edward, remember, you are not a racing car driver. <laughs> That's important, isn't it? Because it corrects the way I behave. When my kids are worried about going to school because they're not liked or because they feel a failure, I say to them, remember who you are. You're my daughter. Nothing that you do at school, no matter how good, no matter how bad, will make me love you more or less or can stop you from being my daughter. And that changes how we go to school, doesn't it? And so first of all, we've got to soar here together. I love the Piper said, come soar with me. And then he gave these people like 12 points. I want you to soar with me for a moment about who we are in Christ through chapters 1 and 3. Very quickly, are you ready? Turn back to Ephesians chapter 1. Have a look at verse 5. Have you all got it? This is going to be quick. I'll read it out in verse 5. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will. You are already chosen before time as the child of God. Verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You and I are already redeemed. That is, we are set free and we're forgiven we have the forgiveness of God because of Jesus. Come with me to verse 9. What does it say there? Uh, he made known to us the mystery uh, of his will according to his good pleasure. You already have the amazing knowledge of God's rescue plan. Come with me to verse 10. Uh, listen, to put into effect when the time reaches their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. You are already part of God's plan to bring all things in the universe from conflict into unity in Jesus. You already have that. Let's keep going. We want, we want to come to, I think, verse, do I want to say 23 here? Oh, I've got a typo. Hang on, bear with me. Oh, come to me with verse 22. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. We already gather with the fullness of God 
here. God lives with us already. You can't make that happen more because we are in Christ. Uh, verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our transgressions. You have already been transformed into real, proper life in Christ from death. You already have that. Or come with me to verse 8. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You have already been saved from being objects of wrath, which you can see in verse 3 there, to being objects of God's love. That's already happened. Come with me to verse 10. Uh, Verse 10 says, have I got that? I might be, hang on a minute. Oh, I should have spaced these out. Uh, 2 verse, oh, I can't read it. Oh, yeah, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. You and I are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have already been fitted out, though though your hands have done awful things and your mind has thought dreadful things, you have already been fitted out to do God's work. 2 verse 13, where's that? There it is, 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have already come near to God. You're not far away, you're already near. Or verse 15. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, Jew and Gentile. We are already united together, one humanity without division. Verse 22, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We're we're already growing in God's power to be his house where he lives. That's already happened. And onwards we see in 3.18 that he is growing us by God's great love that is already ours. Listen, it doesn't matter that some of that washed over you. What I want you to get is the tidal wave of what you already are if you are in Christ. What you already have. Who we are already is incredible. We are these things if we have Christ because he is ours. We are in him and he is in us and we are his body. And so the question is, is what can you do to improve Christ? What can you do to make him better? How is he lacking? So if we have him, we have all things already. Which means you couldn't be more chosen, you couldn't be more free, you couldn't have greater forgiveness, we couldn't have greater unity, you couldn't have Jesus more fully in you, you, or more life, you couldn't be more saved, you couldn't be more ready to do God's work if you have Christ in you. You couldn't be nearer to God if you've got Christ in you, and you couldn't be more loved. Do you see that? We are the body of Christ because we are in him. And so the calling that we've received to be his body of Christ, that's just, we're just living that out. We're being true to who we are. It's authentic Christianity is what we're looking for, to remember who we are. And so God's vision for us as a church is that we would be a growing body of Christ. That's what it says in Ephesians 4. The body of Christ, emphasized many times, isn't it there, that it would grow. 
you and I would grow. Uh, and the, uh, the body of Christ, the emphasis on the unity in verses 1 to 6, doesn't it? There's one body, there's one spirit, there's one hope, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. That's why I like that awesome cutlery um, uh, church song that we sung. It's got that in there. It's an emphasis on unity, but also on growth. Now we get that in the second part of it, don't we? Uh, that's what it ends on, is that the body might, in verse 16, the whole body might be joined and held together and then be growing as it builds itself up in love. And the aim of it is, verse 13, that we would, uh, here it is, verse 12, let's read it, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Here it is, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is the key for understanding this question, I think. Does that mean if we does that mean we haven't already got the fullness of Christ? It can't do, can it? Because we're in Christ. So what does it mean? That we need to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It, well, it means that we would grow to become who we are already in Christ. That we would realize the fullness of Christ that is already here. Can I show you what that's like? Um, you know, I, I did a lot of sport. And as sport, you say this kind of thing all the time. Yeah, we're going to find out who we are. When we get 750 meters in, we're going to find out who we are. You ever heard that? You people say, on the crucible of the battlefield, you'll find out who you are. Yeah? Or you might have heard, you know, when you've got the interview with the athletics person afterwards and they run the race and they're, and they're, like, they're overjoyed because they won and they go, yeah, I had no idea I had that in me. Do you know that? Do you know what I mean? But it's when they've run the race, when you've done the competition, when you've walked up the hill in Chesham, which is about my level now, and you get to the top and you go, wow, I didn't know I had that in me. Okay, that's, that's what we're talking about here is that as we live as Christians, serving the Lord, doing crazy things for him, we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He does extraordinary things through us, and we go, wow, I had no idea that that fullness of Jesus really is in me. And so we attain to it, we lay hold of it, we enjoy it, we realize it, and we grow. We grow individually, collectively, wider church. That's a joy, isn't it? I'm excited about that. But how does that happen? Look, look with me, verse 16 at the end. Did you see? From him, the whole body joined and held together. That's Jesus. He's doing the growing. Uh, by every supporting ligament, uh, the body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So Jesus is in charge of it. He's growing it, not by our own power, which is great. Because for many of us, we're worried about just getting through the next day. But amazingly, sometimes you get to the end of that day and you can say, I never knew I had it in me. Praise God, Jesus did that. We're also involved, aren't we, as the body builds itself up in love. We're involved in building one another up and the other body parts of the body of Christ in the parish and in the wider church in the world. And so that means we've got work to do. But verse 12 also tells us exactly how that works. And also we do it in love, right? We do it in love. So we're not, it's not like a business organization. It's like a family loving each other. Uh, but verse 12 also just pinpoints for us a bit earlier how it happens. And that is Jesus gives gifts to his church 
uh, and you get these prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. There's all word-based ministry. Why are they there? Verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Can you see that? You want to be built up? You need to have works of service which are fueled and equipped by a word-based, Bible-based ministry. And that's why you know, we started this Equip to Serve and Grow on a Tuesday night, where we're being clear about what the gospel is, what pastoral ministry is, and how we do it. So that we might be equipped for works of service, each one of us, and so that we might grow, and in growing, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, and go, wow, I never knew I had that fullness of Christ in me, or in us. Growing comes from serving Christ and his church with the gifts he's given us, just like we were doing last week. And my job here, and those who are the pastor teachers and prophets and evangelists, is to, just to train us in that. What it is, is an every-member ministry. That's this picture here. Let me show you what that's like. I think it's the football pitch. Have we got that, Andrew? Here you go. I think most people think church like this. They turn up and they sit in the seats as the spectators. Do you see that? Uh, I don't, by the way, I don't think that's here. I don't, I don't think that's here. But I think it's the way most people think of church, is they come to church and they sit in the seats, and then the coaching team on the sidelines um, are, who are they? I don't know, they'd be like the, well, you don't really have a coaching team, do you? You're just watching the minister and the few members of staff. They're playing the game. And so we sit and we watch and they get on with it, Right? I think that's how most people think about church. But it's not what it says here. Here in verse 12 it says, look, the, the aim of those people is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the way that works is, the team on the foot, no, back, back, to, the, back to the thing, the team on the pitch, that's you guys and me, and we're playing the game. We're the home team. And we're playing against the sin, the devil, and the world. And we're doing it in God's power. The coaching team, well, that's your staff team. That's people you set aside who are going to equip you with this word ministry and prepare you for works of service and be praying for you. The spectators, that's Chesham. That's our families, our friends, our colleagues, these people who live just over here, who get rid of out Tesco's Express. We want them to watch us playing the game and be drawn into the game. See how that works? And as we play, we grow and we get to the end of the game and go, wow, I never knew I had it in me. The fullness of Christ. Authentic Christianity is enjoying being Christ's body and growing. And God's goal is that we would attain to the fullness of Christ by doing that, by serving. And the means to get there is this word-equipped works of service by all of us in every member ministry. And so the DCC, the wardens and I, would love to propose this vision uh, for this year, that we would be this growing... Look, we're trying to review and see how are we a growing body of Christ. So that's this picture here. Okay, this is not a ruler to say do better, because we are already perfect in Christ, aren't we? Okay, it's not a ruler to do better. We are already perfect in Christ. What this is is a pathway and a vision to help us see... How can I grow and serve and then attain to the full measure of Christ? So we'll all be at different places on this thing, but this is how it works. You've got a cross in the middle here because this is the body of Christ. I thought about putting a body on it. I just thought it would end up looking a little bit crazy. So we've gone for a tree, okay? 
The tree is owned by Jesus. It grows by Jesus. He's the reason the tree is there. It was his seed that started it to grow. It belongs to him. It's for him. It's being grown by him. And it's who we already are if we're in Christ. Now, we can use this tool to look at it, to look at our lives personally, but also to look at our church and also to look at each individual ministry. Here we go, individually. It's not a ruler, but to better identify where I'm heading. It's to help us see, yes, that, you know, when we go walking in Scotland, it's often very wet and cold. Okay, and you know, you get to the top of a hill and you, the house just seems miles away. But what you see is the light on in the bathroom and you know there's warmth and there's soap. You're like, yeah, I'm going that way. This is what this is because we're heading towards attaining the full measure of uh, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, okay? So individually, we look at this and we go, I'm already in Christ. There's nothing I can do to improve who I am or my experience of God other than to be serving him, uh, growing as disciples. This is, are we growing as disciples? Or have you just got stuck and you've forgotten that there's this brilliant flourishing that happens when we serve Jesus? So here we go. So you might have started here. You've got no idea who, who is Jesus. You might be here today and you might be thinking, who, who is Jesus? You're in the right place. Then you might end up meeting Jesus through some, like a course or an event that we do or just by you've met a Christian and you get drawn in. And then suddenly you're becoming part of Jesus' people. So you're here on a Sunday morning. Maybe you got baptised. Maybe some of you want to be baptised soon. Let me know. We're going to do that, aren't we, Benji? Okay? Then we're growing in love for Jesus as we attend Sunday and we start serving and we start getting involved with Bible studies. We start sucking up God's word and praying and learning how to pray. And then we're growing. We're helping others love Jesus. So I'm like, actually, when I'm in church, what can I say to my kids on the way down? Who have you got that you're going to bless today? Because you're, you're going there to bless others. And so we pray for that person. And you know, maybe it means you start helping out on the music team, or you start helping out with CAP, or whatever it is, I don't know. And then we're preparing to equip Jesus' people. We're thinking, so how can I grow into being someone who equips others? So this is where our sort of equip to serve and grow kind of course is. And then we're helping others grow in Jesus. So maybe you might be running a ministry. I don't know. You might, I mean, we've got someone who's doing evangelism, haven't we? But you might think, Usher, I want to run the prayer ministry. I, I want to grow into that. Or I want to run the music ministry. Or, Do you see how it works? And see, so, this is where we're aiming at. Because when we do this, when we grow and we serve one another, that is when we flourish. We don't just survive, we thrive. And it's when we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. But also we can use this to look at our church and to think about everything that we do. And I want us to do this over the next year. How are we set up to help this growth happen? How is what we're doing helping the people who are over there in Tesco's right now who have no idea who Jesus is? How are we, how are we engaging with them? What do we do to help them? And when we get them into church, are we just thinking we want them to meet Jesus or are we praying for them to end up here, to be a part of one of these ministries? Maybe it might be in their workplace, they're running the prayer ministry. Maybe it might be um, uh, you know, at another church, they end up being sent out from here, or they leave to another ministry or something. Or maybe it might be they're running the prayer ministry, or maybe it might be they're part of the admin. Or maybe it might be some new ministry that we don't even know about yet. It's whatever our gift's doing. But we're thinking, how are we 
How are we taking it? Your Tesco's Express person right there. Can you see them out the window? How are they going from here to here? How are we set up to do that? We might think, do you know what? We're quite good at this. We're not good at engaging with that. And we've got nothing, we've got nothing really here that helps us do that. So we want to think about that. Do you see how that works? They're glasses that enable us to see the whole church, but also each ministry. So maybe you're part of the prayer ministry. How is this ministry growing us or is it sapping us? How is this ministry growing disciples? Or actually, are we just surviving and putting on the next show? What do we change about this prayer ministry and keep the same to enable more people to grow and attain to the, full, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Do you see how that works? And so my prayer is this, three, threefold. Short term, we would reflect on ourselves, on Emmanuel, on the ministries we're involved in, and think it through with this, this grid, aiming to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ by serving one another. And then my, my sort of midterm is, is that by the end of the year, there'd be ideas. You guys would have come up with stuff. You would have seen things that I've not seen. And that we share those with one another. And that facilitates change, new ministries, or just highlighting what's going really well so that we can thank God, because there is plenty of that. And then my other prayer is five years from now, we look back and we say as a church family, I never knew I, we had it in us. I never knew we had it in us, but there, whatever it is, is the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I don't know what it'll be. I never knew that Emmanuel had it in us, and now I can see the fullness of Christ we have more clearly through what he has done and how he has grown us. Does that sound like a plan? So we're just going to spend a year just reflecting on this individually, as a church family, with the ministries you're involved in. And we're going to celebrate what's great. We're going to pray for what we might change. We're going to be excited that God's plan is to grow us so that we might attain the, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Here's a question for you over coffee. How are you praying Jesus would grow us at Emmanuel? How are you praying that Jesus would grow us at Emmanuel? Do you know why I ask that? Because I'm not great at praying that Jesus would grow us at Emmanuel. And you might be thinking, I'm not praying that. Well, that's brilliant. You can say, do you know what? I'm not. But I can see now that it might be a good idea. And this is what I might pray. Yeah? Should be honest about that? So how are you praying Jesus would grow us at Emmanuel? And listen, it's not the word of God. It's an idea to try and help us. So it's not, it's not a rule. But Jesus is. And the wonderful thing is, is whether this is a success or failure, Jesus is growing us. And the more we look forward to that, and the more we see the fullness of his body, that, you know, the fullness of Christ that's to come, the more excited we will be about that. What we're going to do now is uh, Martin's going to pray for us. Then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together, which is actually a place where we celebrate our unity and the fact that Christ's body was put in the ground and buried for us so that our body might thrive as we're connected to him. That's great, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it is an extraordinary thing that you would take us as sinful people whose hands and minds and imaginations have done awful and sordid and terrible things and you would redeem us and make us new and you would fit us out to be your body.
how wonderful, how unimprovably brilliant we are just being in you. And so we, Lord, pray that you would help us to just be excited about being equipped for works of service, to see the body of Christ built up in the unity of faith and the knowledge of you so that we might attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ and look back in wonder at what you have done amongst us. Amen.